What does it mean to be made in the image of God? What does it mean to be made in the image of God? Look at Genesis chapter one, verses 26 through 28. As we look at the book of Genesis, we want to pause here. These early chapters are so foundational and uh, we will move through the book relatively quickly uh, after this. But they're just so foundational to so many of our beliefs and then also in our applications as far as different topics in our day. And so we want to take a moment and look at this image of God. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God turned to his divine counsel, the angels surrounding him, and he said, let us make man in his image. And I shared with you the illustration. It's kind of what I call the the singular we. It's like when Kim and I are sitting at the house and she said, you know, we should have pork chops and cream peas tonight for dinner. And I say, yes, we should. And then she makes it all happen. Right. She's she's the one that does it. That's what we see God doing here. And he says, let us make man in our image. But then in verse 27, it's very clear there. God created man in his own image. Humanity was made, not evolved. And we talked about that uh, last week. We are made in the image of God. To be an image bearer of God means to represent God and his rule here on earth. To be an image bearer of God means to represent God and his rule on this earth. So some implications of being an image bearer of God. Number one, we are God's special creation. As God's image bearers, we are distinct from and given dominion over animal life. Look at Genesis 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Animals are animals. But people are more important than animals. Bearers, we are not to take the life of other image bearers. It is why we have capital punishment for premeditated murder. We see that in Genesis 9, 6. God says this, whoever sheds the blood of man, by man his blood shall be shed. For God made man in his own image. We are not to kill other Image bearers were not to murder them unless they have murdered someone. And that's why that's where we get uh, our, our basis for capital punishment. And it is also the reason why we don't believe in abortion here at Faith Baptist Church. Children, babies in the womb are image bearers. And the world would use different language 
You know, they'll talk about a fetus and and then there's even arguments about in the I think it's called the zygote stage or something like that, where we don't even know if it's going to be a boy or a girl at that point for a few days. And and my remark to that is we know it's going to be a child. Right. It's not going to be a puppy. Right. It's not going to be a cat. It's going to be a human being created in the image of God. And that's why we don't believe in abortion. If the mother's life is endangered because of a tubal pregnancy or something like that, that's different. That brings other things in. You have a right to protect your own life. But when you can bear a healthy child, then bear the healthy child. Okay? And you say, well, what about instances of rape and incest? Look, rape and incest is a terrible thing. Okay? It's a terrible thing. And I wish we lived in a world that didn't have rape and incest. But it's not the baby's fault. We don't punish the child for someone else's sin. And so that child is a life and it needs to be protected. This is also why we don't believe in euthanasia. God knows the time when he's going to take us. We can uh, we can give care and help to somebody and, and reduce pain in their end of life scenarios. But we don't want to help them physician assisted suicide. Because they are made in the image of God. God oversees the beginning of life and the end of life. That's why we don't believe in suicide, right? We don't want to. Suicide is murder of self. We don't want to commit suicide. If you have suicidal thoughts, speak to someone. Get some help. It's not a natural feeling to have. And there are people that can help and are willing to help you. And there are ways that we can treat those problems with your thoughts. Being made in the image of God also impacts how we treat the disabled and the handicapped. Just because a child is going to be born with Down syndrome does not mean that they are less of a human being. How we treat the disabled and the handicapped is based on their being made in the image of God. And then certainly issues like human trafficking come into play. The abuse and the misuse of other people who are made in the image of God. You see, beloved, we are God's special creation. We didn't evolve from apes. We are his special formation. He breathed life into us. And as God's image bearers, we are distinct from and have been given dominion over animal life. We are God's special creation. And we are also created for worship. We are created for worship. Now, where do, where do you say, you say, where do I see that in this passage? Well, worship is obedience. Okay. And we are created for obedience. We are created for worship. I want you to note as we read Genesis 1:28, blessing precedes commandment. Blessing precedes commandment. And we'll talk about why that's important here in just a minute. But Genesis 1:28 it says, "And God blessed them. And God said to them, "Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion" Over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Blessing precedes commandment. Now, I want to read to you from uh, uh, an article uh, that Ligon Duncan, uh, 
he's the president of a Presbyterian seminary. Uh, he wrote this article and uh, it, he just says it so well. I want to read it to you. And he says in his article, according to Genesis one and two, Adam and Eve were created to find supreme enjoyment in God and to image him in this world. We should notice two important points. First, the very first words God spoke to humanity were a blessing. God blessed them. Second, that blessing came in the form of a command. Be fruitful and multiply. In the creation covenant, the blessing of God is a command and the command itself is a blessing. Ligon Duncan continues, often Christians assume that obedience conditions God's blessing. If I obey, God will bless me, is the thinking. But that's not the logic we have in Genesis 1. Obedience does not condition God's love, but it is the sphere in which we enjoy God's love. Adam and Eve enjoy God by being fruitful, multiplying and ruling over creation. They experience God's blessing by being who God created them to be. Adam and Eve were made to find true freedom, fulfillment and joy as they rightly imaged the creator. That's Ligon Duncan. Worship is obedience. John uh, in John 14, 15, Jesus says this. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You see, beloved, we become like what we adore. We become like what we adore. You'll see this uh, in, in different ways. Adoring fans dress in their team's colors and wear their favorite number of their favorite player. Others go crazy over their favorite music artists. Kids emulate the moves and mannerisms of those they adore. We see it with social media influencers and the fashion industry and things like this. We adore, we, we become like what we adore. Animals do not do this. We, we are made to worship and, and we clap and we scream and we adore athletes, musicians and things like that. But you never you never see one of those documentaries of like, you know, the bears whacking the salmon out of the river, you know, and one of them, one of them whacks it and maybe even catches it in its mouth. And you don't see the other bears over on the side going, hey, hey, well done. Good job. Yeah. Bear number 43. Woohoo. You know, but the, the crazy thing is, is they have cameras they have cameras on these bears that you can watch live and you can they have like a competition as to which one's going to put on the most weight. Now, the bears know nothing about the competition, but humans have made it a competition. Right. We become like what we adore. And that's why, beloved, we need to adore Jesus Christ. We need to become more like him. People struggle with misplaced worship. Those who uh, receive misplaced worship become arrogant, big headed. They make mistakes. But we struggle with misplacing our worship. We are created for worship of God and worship is obedience. We are to become what he created us to be. And that leads into our next point. We are created to be servant kings. 
or rulers, if you will. As the angels in the divine council carry out God's rule in the spiritual realm, so we are to carry out God's rule in the earthly realm. We are to have we are to subdue the earth. We are, as God's image bearers, sons who are to mediate God's righteous rule over creation. In fact, Matthew 6, verses 9 and 10, Jesus taught us to pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But unlike the angels, humans are to be fruitful and multiply. Adam and Eve were created to bear children, and this impacts our views in many different areas. First off is marriage. Marriage is to be between one man and one woman until one of them dies. This impacts the LGBTQ plus issues. God created men and women to procreate. Sex is to be enjoyed between one man and one woman in a heterosexual marriage relationship. It affects identity issues. Men are men. Women are women. Men can't nor should they be a woman. Women can't nor should they be men. God has created us and He has made us in His image. Male and female, He created them. Like God did in Eden, humans are to bring order and fruitfulness and blessing as they spread out over the earth. And subdue it. Now that impacts our views on justice and human flourishing. It impacts our views on the environment. We really should care for and be responsible for the environment. God put us in charge of this earth. It impacts our views on health care. Image bearers should have access to affordable health care. It impacts our views on hunger. We we should work to provide for those who can't provide for themselves. It goes down even into fish and wildlife management. People people sometimes gripe about hunters, but it's hunters who pay the fees and, and, and want the wildlife and game management. It's, it's no fun to hunt something to extinction. We should care and manage the animal kingdom. We've been put in responsibility for it. You see, we were created to be servant rulers, but something went terribly wrong. Adam and Eve succumbed to Satan's temptation and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They decided that they would rule their own lives according to their own knowledge instead of obeying God's commandment. They rebelled and committed treason against God. And as a result, and we'll, we'll get into more detail on these things, but I just want to kind of give you a summary of where things went. As a result, God judged Satan, who tempted Eve, placing a curse upon him. But in the midst of that curse, a child is promised that will one day crush Satan. Adam and Eve have God's blessings, so they can't be cursed. But their obedience to God's command to be fruitful and subdue the earth will become difficult. Bearing children will be difficult and painful for women. And we see that throughout the scriptures. We see equality being a problem with, especially in the line of the seed of the woman, with Sarah and Rebecca and uh, Rachel and Hannah. 
we see these problems with having children, painful childbirths. Bearing children becomes difficult and painful. But then also the ground is cursed. When God places judgment upon Adam, Adam has his blessing, so he curses the ground, making it difficult for men to tame and cultivate the land for food. Death becomes a certainty for humans. Humans do not image God's rule as it as Adam and Eve have children. They begin to mistreat one another. Oppressive rulers rise up and they go out and they build cities and they name them after themselves. And that was then the world became a wreck. Sin and injustice became prolific and it continues on into our day. What does it even look like to be made in the image of God? It's like we had a painting of what the image of God looked like way back when with Adam. But then somebody marred the the painting and smeared the paint. And now nobody knows what the original image looked like. We need someone to show us what it looks like to be God's image bearer. Enter into the scene Jesus, Jesus perfectly imaged God for us. John 1.18 says this, no one has ever seen God, the only God, or excuse me, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. That's Jesus. God in the flesh has made him known. The Greek word that is used there for made him known is where we get our word exegesis from. If you've been coming to our Sunday evenings, it's to be made known. It's to come out to display something. Jesus has made God known to us. The eternal son took on flesh at his incarnation. The body of Jesus is God's special creation formed not of the earth, but in Mary's womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as a man, Jesus perfectly worshipped the Father. And what did I say? Worship is what? Obedience. Jesus perfectly worshipped the Father through obedience. John 4, 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. John 5, 30, I can do nothing on my own as I hear I judge and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me John 6:38 for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me and this obedience of Christ pleased the father Jesus perfectly worshiped the father through obedience Jesus led a perfect life of obedience to the father he was crucified for the sins of God's people and was resurrected to the father's right hand from there he rules Until he returns to set up his earthly kingdom over all the earth. Look at Ephesians 1, verses 20 through 23. And we're kind of jumping into the middle of a paragraph here, but for the sake of time, we're going to do that. But Ephesians 1, verse 20, it's God working in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, 
the fullness of him who fills all in all. You see, Jesus entered the world and perfectly imaged God for us. So what does it mean to be made in the image of God? To be an image bearer of God means to represent him and his rule on this earth. Every human being has value and worth, but every human being has, a, has, be, has been a terrible image bearer. We've all misrepresented God. Romans 1.18 says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. You see, we are supposed to be image bearers. When people look at us, they're supposed to see what God is like. But the problem is we've suppressed the truth about him. We've misrepresented him. And if if you think that God is unjust in his anger, you don't like it when people misrepresent you either. Now, think about a whole world that's behaving in ways that God doesn't approve of. And yet, because they are his image bearers, what they are conveying is that God is okay with this when God is not okay with it. You see, Romans 1.21 says this, Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. You see, we've all misrepresented God. And you need to repent of your sins and place your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Lord of all creation. You will be given a new life and joined to Christ. Being joined to the perfect image bearer, you will have your sins paid for by His death. And His righteous obedience will become yours. Colossians 1, 13-15. We read, part, we read more of this passage in our Scripture reading as a church. But it talks about how God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He's the one, the firstborn being the one it's all for. He is the son that is to have the world, the universe. He is the image of the invisible God. Colossians 2, same book. Colossians 2, verses 9 through 14. For in Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And those who have trusted Christ through faith, and we'll see that in a later verse, but it says in verse 10, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. You see, Jesus Christ came in the flesh, lived the perfect life. He died, but then he was resurrected. And then verse 13, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God has made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross, paid in full, paid in full. Jesus paid it all, all to him, I owe. You need to repent of your sins and follow Jesus Christ 
as Lord and Savior. As a believer, then, you need to spend this life being conformed into the image of your Savior. Romans 8, 28 and 29 say this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. He is the new Adam. And if you're born again, you're born into his family. And we are to be conformed into his image. And God is using everything that happens in your life to transform you to be more like Jesus. As a believer, you need to spend this life being conformed into the image of your Savior. As a believer, you also need to share the gospel of Christ the Lord so that others will become image bearers and fill the earth with God's glory. And before we jump into that, let me just say, being conformed into the image of His Son, get to know Jesus by reading the Gospels. Right? He's our King. He, the passage in Colossians said God transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. Okay, so he's our king. And if you read the book of Matthew, Jesus Christ is presented as the king of God's people. And the Sermon on the Mount are his instructions for how to live your life as one of his followers. So get to know him. He imaged God for us. You need to worship and adore him because as you adore him, you will become more like what you adore. And the Holy Spirit will work that in your life. He will conform you into the image of His Son. But as a believer, you need to share the gospel so that others will become image bearers and fill the earth with God's glory. It's it's our, uh, as believers, it's our being fruitful and multiplying, if you will. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, again, Matthew being the book about King Jesus. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So listen to the one who has all authority. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Teach them how to worship. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. You see, as a believer, you need to represent Christ's rule on this earth as a member in a gospel preaching church until he returns to make all things new where we will reign with Him forever because we were created to be rulers with Him. Second Peter 3.13 says this, But according to His promise, we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Because on this earth, not a whole lot of righteousness dwells on this earth. This earth is full of injustice and sin and abuse. And it's terrible. But God's church should be an outpost where his rule is made known, where his reign is seen in his people. But we're waiting as we are little embassies throughout the world that represent God's kingdom. We're embassies until the kingdom comes. And that's what Peter's talking about. We're waiting for that new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Second Timothy two eleven and 12 say this. This saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. But, and if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, pay attention. 
If we deny him, he will deny us. Don't deny Jesus Christ as the Lord of all creation. Submit to your king. Repent of your rebellion and your sin and submit to the king. Because one day you'll reign with him. But if you reject him, eternal punishment awaits. But for the believer, 1 Corinthians fifteen forty nine, just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. One of these days we get a new body. Man, I can't wait for that. You know, it's not going to wrestle with sin anymore. It's not going to wrestle with disease anymore. There's going to be no sorrow, no more pain. We will also bear the image of Jesus Christ, the man of heaven. Philippians 3, 20 and 21, it says, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. So I'm a citizen of God's kingdom and I'm waiting for him to come and remake this old body. Because flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. This whole sinful body can't endure eternity. We will be remade. And remember, I mentioned that curse upon the earth when Adam sinned. One day it's going to be reversed when God makes all things new. And we're looking forward to that. And that's a help in times when we're suffering. Okay. Romans 8 verse 18 compares the sufferings of this world to the glories of the world to come. Romans 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. He's kind of giving he's he's giving the earth and human elements, right? It's like Adam sinned and God says, oh, I've already blessed Adam. I'm going to curse the earth. And the earth's like, what, what did we do? Right? And they can't wait. It's like the earth can't wait. Until this is all over. No more thorns. No more thistles. It's going to be recreated. God's going to make this world anew. And he's saying the suffering that we go through right now, it's not even to be compared. And some people suffer really difficultly down here. I remember my granny was a godly lady. She had Alzheimer's for years. Couldn't write her name. Didn't know who she was. I imagine that if I get to heaven, if I, or when I get to heaven, that I'm talking to Granny and I say, Granny, man, you suffered for a long time. She's like, oh, I got a little forgetful for a moment. But look at this. Right? It's just not even comparable. And so, beloved, and those of you who are going through difficulties and trials and sickness and difficulties, hang in there. It's going to get a lot better. It's going, to be, it's going to be a wonderful day. But until that day, first of all, make sure you have repented of your sins and have been placed by God into Jesus, the perfect and true image bearer. Repent of your sins and follow Jesus Christ as Lord. 
Until that wonderful day, you need to represent Christ's rule on earth as a member in a gospel preaching church. Until that day, you need to be sharing the gospel with other image bearers in the hope that they too will become followers of Jesus Christ. Until that day, you need to spend your life being conformed into the image of your Savior through your obedient worship of Him. You see, to be an image bearer of God means to represent Him and His rule on this earth. Don't waste your life misrepresenting God and incurring His wrath. Repent of your sins and follow Jesus Christ the Lord, the perfect image bearer. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. I pray, Father, that You will work in the hearts of the people here. Father, there are some that may be dead in their trespasses and sins. I pray that you will cause them to see, awaken them to the beauties of Christ who bore your image perfectly for us. And I pray that they will repent of their sins and follow Christ with their life as their Lord, their King. And Father, for those here this morning who are struggling in difficult times, I pray that you'll strengthen their faith. Help them to remember that this world is not the ultimate. That there is a world that's coming. It's going to be much better than this one. And that we'll live in the here and now as if that world were already here. And Father, I pray that you will work in the hearts of those who are ignoring you as the Lord of their life. Maybe pridefully, Father, even as Christians, they've begin to think too much of themselves. I just pray that you will humble them, Father, that they will see that this work of salvation is all of you and that Christ is the one we adore and imitate. Father, use us. Help us to reach other people here in our area of McAllen. I pray, help us, give us boldness through your spirit to tell others about Jesus, the perfect image bearer. And then, Father, may we live out these many implications of being made in your image with our beliefs as this world seeks to kill and destroy. Oh, Father, when we look into being your image bearers, we can easily see how silly these and silly and destructive these false beliefs are that the world has. Boy, Satan always comes with a knife and death. Oh, Lord, help us to love life. And to love people made in your image. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.